Recording this on video again, checking my teeth. Make sure because I just had two Oreos, breakfast of champions. Um, what is it? I don't know what it is about Oreos. Sometimes you get the Trader Joe's knockoff kind, or you find some kind of like thing that looks like an Oreo. But it, listen, even though Oreos, you can tell there's lots of sugar in it, there's, there's like to this discerning cookie palette, you can tell. There's something else going on there. There's there's some chocolate or, or mocha tones, and there's something else happening behind the scenes and the way the cookie crumbles and, and takes on the milk. You get one of those off-brand, like, little turd cookies that it's it's an Oreo in drag. It's like, no, they, they, that would be the other way around. It it's, it's like trying to pretend like it's an Oreo. It's got the same coloring. It's got, you know, you got the dark outside and the white middle. You think this is going to be delicious, but it's never near as good. But um, so I got in trouble because my wife bought some uh, knockoff Oreos and the kids were enjoying them. You know, they don't have the they don't have the refined uh, taste buds that old Nick Hoff has. And uh, so they they were enjoying them. And late one night uh, I got. I got a little hungry. <laughs> I got a little bit of the sweet tooth, and there was nothing in the house, so except for those cookies. I was like, you know what? I'll just eat these. And and there were five. Okay, so we've got three kids. Two's not gonna cut it. Three would be my like sweet spot. That's in that's half in the zone. You know, I I'll eat three, and that'll satiate whatever's going on inside of me but uh but then that only leaves two so now what am i looking at i'm gonna looking at a disappointed kid I, we've got two cookies everybody wants at least one that's not enough to go around we're not cutting them in half that's just tears so i fall on the sword and uh and and eat all five of them that's that's how much I love my family that i'm willing to jump on that grenade that would have inevitably gone off um and I ate all five of them and I thought I thought we're good we're good I ate them and like a day went by and nobody said anything nobody asked where's the where are the cookies where are these uh, knockoff Oreos where where are they what happened to them um and I thought Nickoff you you beautiful bastard you've gotten away with it you've you've done your due diligence you've eaten it in the middle of the night when nobody sensed that there was anything amiss and uh and you had your cake and you ate it too and then another day went by and all of a sudden I'm in my office and I can hear I can hear Sarah in the kitchen rummaging the cabinets where where the cookies were and I'm sitting there going uh oh uh oh, and uh, I can hear her gasp. Not the gasp isn't the right word. It's more of like a ah. <laughs> it wasn't a scream. It was like a like a disappointed gargle. <laughs> is that a disappointed gargle? Um, is what we're gonna call it. Just ah, and uh, and then all of a sudden she just goes, really. <laughs> and I laugh immediately because she doesn't have to say anything else. I know exactly what that really means. Just there was no uh, hint of the Oreo cookie. There was nothing. It just really a disappointed gargle. 
followed by a really. And I'm in here laughing, and I know exactly what she's talking about. And I know I'm also busted, so it's a little bit of a nervous laughter. It's a little bit like, uh, <laughs> that's that's probably my nervous laughter. Or that also could be excited, but I think both emotions are probably rooted in the same, you know, emotional middle. The, the, same, uh, the same thing that makes up the middle of an Oreo cookie is what that nervous, excited laughter sounds like. And I knew I was caught. And so then... As as a good husband and a good father, I say, I will make it right. I shall rectify the situation. I will go and forage for some more delicious treats. And this time I don't screw up, though. This time I don't buy the uh, knockoff Oreo. I buy the actual thing, not the thin ones, not the double stuff. Quit trying to mess with perfection, Oreo. You don't need to take up any more room on the shelf. Get your reduced fat Oreos out of my face. Give me the original cookie and and a glass of milk, and I am happy as a clam. Um, not 100% sure if clams are happy, but uh, that's a saying, and I'm going to say it. Um, so I come home with more Oreo cookies, and everybody enjoyed a couple of delicious Oreo cookies, and uh, well, the kids are at school, and and uh, I'm sitting here, got a little hungry this morning, so I ate a couple cookies. So I guess that's where this whole thing lands, is the fact that I don't have Oreos in my teeth, although you always see them in your molars, like when you go to brush your teeth. That's how I convinced the kids to brush their teeth last night, is, uh, is I showed them in the mirror their, their molars and how they are now, <laughs> have these dark pits inside of them because of the Oreos. Um, and so it's kind of fun to brush it because you can actually show them. See, this is what is happening when I brush your teeth. I Even though you can't always see the stuff that's in there, not everything is as colorful as an Oreo cookie. And so uh, it's, a good, it's a good learning thing. So I think dentists should probably recommend Oreo cookies for everyone so that you can see the benefits of brushing your teeth. And so it was easy to get them to brush their teeth last night because they wanted to get that Oreo cookie out of there. And um, and and now the goal just becomes because the Oreo packaging has three sleeves in it, right? It's got, you know, it's got three rows of cookies, and that's how you can tell how much damage you've done. Um, so my goal is we've bled out over into a second row. So we've eaten a whole row as a family, and now we're bleeding out. With the Oreos I ate this morning, we're bleeding a little bit out into the second row, and that's how my wife will measure it. You know, some some people will, like, monitor a person's drinking of booze, and they'll they'll put a little mark on the uh, on the whiskey bottle and say, here's where it was, and now here's where it is after Saturday night. How much? You told me you only had two drinks. How many drinks did you have, Harvey? Um, and uh, so, but that's my, that's my whiskey in a bottle is my <laughs> Oreos, Oreo Rose. Um, and, and so my goal is to not have any more because she's already going to notice there's spillage. There's spillover into the second row. Um, and I just can't have any more. I got to hide them for myself. I don't, oof, yeesh. Anyway, anyway, enough about the Oreo cookie. Uh, although now you guys are all probably turning off the podcast and running out to your local grocery to, uh, to pick up a pack. And I, uh, I recommend it. I recommend the Oreos as long as you don't overindulge and don't get them too. I get it. I, I buy Oreos like twice a year. 
Okay, this isn't a problem. We don't need to have an intervention. Okay, you guys don't need to come to Los Angeles and, and talk to me about this. You can uh, rest assured that this is only two, twice a year. But when I do get them, it's it's difficult to stop. It's difficult because and you're getting milk, you're getting your dairy. Okay, there's something positive about this. Um, yeah, this last weekend I was in Tacoma, Washington, which is kind of an underrated town. You know, it's it's like it's a little bit trash. But it's also like kind of cool. It's this old shipping town. So they're, you know, like one of the large office buildings right there uh, has the front of it is shaped like a ship. And so they've got like, you know, flags up there like a like a ship would. And they've got a they've got a sail up front. So it's kind of this cool area. And and there's a lot of cool little shops down there. I got to go. I always I always walk around whenever I do the Tacoma Comedy Club. I always walk around uh, down there. Uh, on I think the street is called Broadway, and uh, and they've got this whole row of both sides of the street just covered with these old timey shops, these old antique shops, old toy shops, things like that. And that's one thing I love doing on the road because it's you go in, it doesn't cost you anything to go in. You get to kind of go in. It's almost like going to a a free museum. You get to see all this stuff, you know, from the past. And and, you, you know, you, you kind of get transported back and some of them have lot, lots of clothes and you go in there. There's that distinct old clothes smell. And you you look at them, you think, oh, this is cool. This is cool. I want this. This is vintage. This is. But then they charge vintage prices in some of them. You're like, I don't know, man. Like the, five years ago, this was sitting in the Goodwill for three dollars. And now that it's aged the proper amount of time, you're trying to pawn this T-shirt for 70 about that and look there's a there's a stain right there i i, I found this cool jacket and uh it's really cool jackets it's called like a uh, great lakes jacket company and they, they I, it looks like you know comes out of the 70s and they're the, like these light windbreaker although some of them had like that wool interior i don't know what that's called like sherpa interior <laughs> and uh and so it gives it a little more warmth and it's got these cool like racing stripe lines down the side i almost bought one it was it was uh it was priced fairly well and it looked pretty warm like it was lightweight but also warm uh which is what you need in Los Angeles cuz it's never like as you see right now I'm in a hoodie and you know even though it's mid October it's probably still 63 degrees outside but it's my blood is thin to the point where that's a little nippy that's a little nippy especially early in the morning when it's probably high 50s and you go oh geez there's a chill chill in the air and the old bones need a little warmth so one of those jackets is kind of cool um it was just too small i don't and i think their sizes in the 70s were different uh because you look at it and you go well this is a large this is how large people were in the 70s and even though that's only i guess pff, 70s 50 years ago now if we're if we're going all the way back right yeah uh jeez i'm crow um but uh, yeah, they just made them smaller. <laughs> Maybe it's all. Hey, Hoff, you think it has anything to do with those Oreo cookies you're eating for breakfast? Never. How dare you? I am a I'm a trim fit individual. How dare you question the fact that I I can't my body can't contain a couple of Oreos without spillage? How dare you, sir? Um, but I I don't know. Now now it's got me checking on eBay for those Great Lakes. Uh, jacket company with the cool stripes and maybe i'll find one maybe i'll get to find one that works perfectly uh, but i gotta figure out the size i should have done that when i was there i should have just tried on three or four of the sizes and been like okay mental note here i am um 
and, and there was there was also a really cool one for sale that but it was kind of expensive uh in that particular store and it had a stain on it and i i asked the lady i was like hey can you know can you get this stain out and she like looked at it and she goes oh yeah this is really easy to get out all you gotta do is this and, and i'm thinking okay but why didn't you get if it was that easy you're trying to sell this like jacket for seventy, eighty dollars, like why didn't you do that? If it was that easy, certainly a lot of the you've got seven or eight of these jackets sitting there of all different shapes and sizes and styles. Wouldn't you have gotten that stain out when you when you decided to put it up in your store? Like, yeah, I didn't buy it. So I got to find one that's in really good condition. I got to find that uh, that old dead person that that just uh, hung it on their closet and never wore it. But it's really cool. I like going into those old antique shops because you walk in and, and you transport it back in time and you kind of get to look at it. And I, I find myself wishing, wishing that I knew more about certain, certain, uh, uh, certain groupings of things that you often find in antique shops. Like all, you know, no matter how, what antique shop you go into, there's always like a little section of comic books or something, you know, they're like, here, here's, here's 50 comic books that this person had. And you think, oh boy, maybe there's a gem in there. Maybe I'll find an original Superman or something. And I, I hate it because I always look thinking something will like pop out at me, but there's so many different iterations, so many different versions. And I don't know enough about them. I don't know hardly anything about comic books and I just find myself wishing that I knew what I was looking for. You know, I'm sure there are guys that like know everything and they know like the ones that are super rare and and expensive and and cool to own. Um and I'm just flipping through them. I'm like, I don't know. This could be this this comic could be Oh, there look, there's a Hulk one. That could be worth $5,000 or it could be worth 50 cents. I have no clue. And I wish I knew. I that, that category, I wish I knew about uh, comic books, and I wish I knew about paintings, because a lot of times you'll see paintings on the walls of these places, and and every once in a while you'll hear a story about a you know somebody finding a a Rembrandt on the wall you know that they bought for five bucks at a garage sale or something. You're like, oh, I wish that that was me. I wish I could find a piece of awesome rare art like that. But usually it's just like some guy named Timothy who was a painter in in Dubuque, Iowa. And he just like painted <laughs> painted some ships, and you think, oh, that looks cool, and they're like, yeah, well, it's not even worth the canvas that it was painted on. Um, but those are the two categories that I wish wish I knew more about, you know, so that I could I could have fun looking because I I already have fun looking, but those I I get frustrated because I don't know what I'm looking at. I don't. So paintings, I started looking at like, well, I just want to find something I like, and I do like that old like shipping era like i you know you see an old painting of a of a big old uh sailboat or something like that or a, a ship you know from back in the day i'm something about that i'm drawn to i don't know what it is i don't know what it is i've i've heard that i my uh the blood on my mom's side has some pirate ancestry i don't know i'm not 100 percent sure how they know that um but there's something about those paintings that kind of draw me to the sea. And it's and it's odd because I'm also terrified of sharks. So there's something about the sea that terrifies me. So I wonder if uh wonder if one of my ancestors, you know, died horrifically at sea being eaten by sea monsters <laughs> and so that like something you know is passed down to me like his 
children saw that happen or or something and and then that that uh terrified gene like came down uh down into me uh several generations later either that or it could be the fact that my grandma hoff who i stayed with when i was five when my parents went out of town i convinced them to rent the movie jaws from video kingdom i was like no i can watch this this is fine i i i they'll let me watch jaws and so my grandma rented it and oh that did a number on me oh <laughs> i don't go in the ocean you guys know that you know i'm terrified of the i'm not scared at all of water i'm i'm a great swimmer um you know I, i'm just terrified of what would eat me inside the water so i don't go in and i probably that's either from my pirate ancestry or that's from the watching jaws as a 5 year old and people say well that's what a horrible thing. Like I've had people say that they're like, I feel sorry for you that, uh, that you were ruined as a kid like that. And I'm going, did it ruin me or did it save my life? Would, would I have been eaten by a shark if I had no fear of the ocean? Because when I came out to California, I a hundred percent would have been the guy that wanted to surf. I love that kind of stuff. I love snowboarding. I love sporting activities going out there. That seems like a super relaxing thing to do. Except for the fact that the entire time I'm in the ocean, I'm convinced that I'm going to be bitten in half, and it's salt water. Do you know how much that stings? That's an old bit from the early 2000s. It's still relevant today. Um, so I don't go in. Maybe it saved my life. Maybe watching that in my uh, formative years uh, saved my life, allowing me to live and bring this podcast to the masses and, and be able to raise my kids. I might not be here for them. They might need not even exist. If I didn't if I didn't live over the last 10 years, that my kids would not be here. And they needed the right uh the right concoction of of Sarah and I to make it here in that wild to think. I know I'm kind of switching gears really fast, but isn't that you know, we've all thought that like it had to be that exact moment, that exact position, that exact sperm that le- led to me because in there there were millions of sperms hundreds thousands thousands hundreds millions right millions of sperm in a batch and you think you're the one any other one makes it in there that's not you that's only part you but it's not you and you never be here i would never be here recording this at this moment right now if my parents hadn't yow at the exact same time um so i always think that's wild to think like you know my kids had I, had I gotten up to go grab a drink of water before before uh the love making session then it wouldn't even be the same kid that it is right now and it's hard to imagine it's hard to imagine but i i do like i do like thinking about you know one day my stuff will be in an antique shop you know the stuff that my kids are like i don't care about any of dad's crap let's get rid of it um and so then one day one day this stapler We'll just be sitting. They'll be like, "That's a stapler from uh, 2020. That's that's cool, man. They don't even make swing lines anymore." And uh, that'll be sitting amongst all my crap, and uh, and you know, people will be walking around in that antique store, and they'll get a window, a window into my life. They'll say, "Look, he loved DVDs. He had a lot of DVDs, and he had a lot of uh, a lot of notebooks." Oh man, what if they? What if my kids? decide to sell my joke books in uh in the antique store like people be looking at it going oh my word <laughs> what was this guy thinking <laughs> like so many of my jokes 
are just thoughts. And yeah, if anybody ever gets their hands on my notebooks, you know, so a lot of them are just unformed, like random sentences. They read it. They think this is the the writings of a madman <laughs> is what they'll think. They'll say, what kind of deranged lunatic was writing this crap? Um, <laughs> so hopefully I'm going to have to burn these when I when I know I'm going to hospice. I'm just going to have like a stack of things that I throw in the backyard and burn and be like, all right, now you can take me in there. Now you can now you can go ahead and end me and sell all my crap. I don't care, but there's going to have to be some stuff that I'm going to have to destroy in order to maintain a pristine legacy. I don't want you guys going back and uh and uh what's the guy's name? John Wayneing me. Uh, is it John Wayne that got canceled years after like he did an interview in Playboy magazine in like the 70s, probably wearing a Great Lakes jacket looking fly. Um and he said something, and you read it now, and you say, good God, how old is your thinking? Well, 50 years old. 50 years ago. That's when that came out. So it's weird when people try and, like, jump down somebody's throat that uh, was perfectly natural and normal in the day. Like, we expected him to have some sort of, like, 50-year-ahead forward thinking. That's not the way the world works, and people can live and grow. If he lived today, he might have a different opinion. So you can't... You can't retroactively cancel somebody for some. Now, if he murdered someone, we can say, well, it was the 70s, but probably still frowned upon murder. Then we can say, all right. But you'd have to have some kind of taped confession with him. And even now you can do those deep fake things that are looking real and real. In the future, nobody will know anything that's going on. So we won't have any clue. But it was a fun. I'm getting... No, I'm not getting off topic. That's what this podcast is. It's, you know, it's it's following a train of thought and then trying to get back on on course. You know, it's it's like when you're on a driving vacation and you're like, let's pop into this little town and see what's going on. That was never part of the plan. That was, ne- but sometimes you find the coolest things when you just stumble into a town that you just didn't plan on going into. You find that cool little diner that was awesome. You find that that. Uh, little shop that you had never known was there, and so you got to see it, and that was cool. Um, so that's what this podcast is, is dipping in and trying to <laughs> stay positive about things. Uh, but it was a fun weekend in Tacoma. Got to do five shows there, four of them with uh, Harlan Williams, who you guys know from uh, movies like Dumb and Dumber and uh, Rocket Man and, and Something About Mary. Um, he's just a nice, cool, funny, quirky dude. Um, you know, his show's fun because he, he kind of dips in and out of the audience and talks to them. He's got a fun way of talking, you know, he's, you know, playing around with them and, and he'll say something and, and and he'll wait for people to catch on to what he's doing and, and he'll hammer it home too. He'll, he'll knock it home and people, you know, it starts off and, and people are figuring it out, and then by the end, he's he's crushing, and he's got the ball rolling. So it was fun to work with him and get to pick his brain a little bit about his Hollywood experience and see you know the ins and outs of his career. And it's so interesting, you know. I've done these last two weeks with people who have done a lot in Hollywood, and uh, it's so interesting to see where their mindset is and see how they still think and they're still going and still still hoping for things and still wanting things and working toward things. It's interesting to see these people's passion and and where they view themselves because nobody's 
no matter who you are, nobody's 100% content in where they are. Even if you say that, I don't believe you. I don't believe that you're 100%. Like, I'm happy with my life, but I'm not 100% content. Like, I don't just say, this is all I ever want. That's it. Like, if you don't have if you don't have goals, if you don't have dreams, like then what what motivates you to do anything in the morning? I wouldn't even want to go to work if I was like, this is exactly what I want, unless going to work for the nine hours a day or whatever is exactly what I wanted. No. No, there are things that I do that I have to do, even even oh, we've we've lost uh here, I gotta restart this video here. That's all right. For the for the that's why you get this uh a little extra in the audio portion. You, you don't get to see that on the video. So whichever way you're watching, I appreciate it. I appreciate you coming through. Um, now I've lost my train of thought. <laughs> now that we've lost the one camera, I've lost my train of thought. Oh, uh, oh yeah. If you're if you're completely content, then I I you know that 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 mindset would baffle me. Like it's one thing to be happy, which I think we all should be. We should all strive to be happy and satisfied, but never content. Always stay hungry. Like always want something better even if it's not for you for the world want something better for your family want something better for those around you i mean i think there's always improvements to be made and, but you often see people in the limelight like that people that have done a ton of things that you yourself want to do like these guys have both been in movies that i would have loved to have been in in tv shows that i would have you know bent over backwards to to be a part of and these guys have done that yet they're still they're still wanting more and now and now the little little girl is coming in here what's up oh you want that open okay here you go little little uh milkshake can you do me a favor not spill it okay there you go there you go you want that other little piece off may rose walked into the Hofcast studios and she's gonna drink a little little yogurt drink there you go be careful don't spill it all right we're going to have lunch soon, okay? Okay, put that on the table. Take a sip and put that on the table, all right? Thanks, May. Uh, that was about the least intrusive it could have been. She just walked in. She's like, can't open this? Well, you know what? Dad can open that for you. Hold on. Let me shut this door. All right. That was as cute as it possibly could have been, but I'm certain she's out there drinking it on the couch. She's going to spill it. And then I'll... And then uh, Sarah will come back from wherever the heck she is, and she'll be like, "Really?" And I'll know exactly what she's talking about. You don't have to, you don't have to expound upon the really. I know it's meant for me, and I know probably what it is. It's either Oreo cookies, or it's that the little girl spilled that little milk drink on the <laughs> on the couch on our red couch, and now it's stained. So I get it. I get it. Okay, we've we've gotten knocked off course. Oh, the um so I came back, flew back, did the did the show Sunday, uh show I got the headline and it was pretty cool, you know, they had this like boozy brunch show or something where people would come out for burrito like breakfast burritos and and mimosas. And we had a great time, man. We had a great time. I love I love when I get to um you know, stretch a little bit and and have people see a different side. Like some people came to multiple shows over the course of the weekend. And I love getting to show people a little different. Like here's, here's the part that I did on that show. And now here's a different thing. And you know, people get to see me stretch and I want to thank everybody that came out. Uh, we had some people that had seen me before and, 
and I was excited to get to share new material with them. So thank you for everybody that came out and had a good time and came and said hi. I hope uh, some of you now are, are new listeners to the Hoffcast, trying to grow this doggone thing. So make sure you share that with your friends. By the way, sharing is free. Sharing is free. So if you're on uh, Facebook or Instagram or Twitter or YouTube or whatever, you know, share my stuff. Send it out there. I want to spread spread the love. If everybody did that, you know, I, whenever I talk like this, I think, oh, this is just like a pyramid scheme or like a, a chain letter that we all hate. But this is different. This is me chasing my dream and it's free to do. Okay, I don't need you sending 10 letters to your friends. Just send 10 texts like, hey, Nick Hoff, check him out. Here's his Instagram. Here's a video he did. If you like it, give him a follow and a share and a like and all that stuff. That's all free. So do that. What I don't like and what I don't want shared and continued is when you land at Los Angeles International Airport, LAX, you get out. And now, you you know, it's been like this for like a year now, but it still sucks. It hasn't gotten any better. If you're, if you're taking a taxi or an Uber or a Lyft, you have to, like, wait for their shuttle, get on that, and go to a separate lot, and then hail your thing. And people aren't working for those companies anymore. People aren't working for Uber right now, not, not like they were. So I try and get a ride home. It used to be, like, 22 bucks to get a ride from the airport to my house, and now it's like $85. And so you look at it and you go, well, screw that. The whole reason I took an Uber in the first place was to save money from a taxi cab, and uh, and now the taxis, you know, a taxi's like 35 bucks, even after tip, like, to, to get home. So I'm like, well, yeah, you used to make sense to, to Uber or Lyft or something, and now it's like, well, just take the taxi. They're better drivers anyway. And I say better drivers, like, yeah, they drive, like, bats out of hell they're crazy they're insane people flying around but they're you can tell they're a skilled individual this is a race car driver on the city streets this guy this guy knows what the hell he's doing you get into an uber sometimes you're like oh that was a shaky turn dude (laughs) they're just normal people and i never complain okay i never complain even when i see the person missing their exit i will not say oh i think he is supposed to take this i don't you it's your car I'm just a passenger on this ride. Do what you got to do. Um, even when I'm going to be late somewhere and the person is driving like a woman, like a like a 90 year old woman on Sunday afternoon, just just farting down the road. I never say, hey, man, will you can you, I'm going to be late. Can you pick it up? I never say anything. I just sit back there silently stewing. Uh, but, you know, with a taxi, you don't have to worry about that. He's he don't want you in his car. You know, the taxi driver is annoyed by you. He hates your guts. He wants you out of there as soon as humanly possible. You know, so he's flying up up all these different roads and getting you out of there. So, you, you know, you, you get there really fast and efficiently. I'll spend the, you know, it's it's more money than it was, but it's way less than what Uber and Lyft are now. Plus, that, that having to go to a separate parking lot is garbage, especially when you're traveling with kids and you've got a lot of baggage and a lot of car seats, you got to lug that crap onto that shuttle and then lug it off and then hoof it over to the line. Like, it just doesn't make sense. It, it's kind of stupid. So not not a fan, not a fan, Los Angeles. If any of uh, the Department of um, Transportation people here in the L.A. area are listening to the Hoffcast and they say, you know what, Hoff, you, you're making some good points, and, and traffic up there has not 
decongested for whatever reason, it's still worse. Probably because people aren't using the Ubers and Lyfts. They're just having their friend come get them. So now it's the exact same thing. It's the exact same amount of traffic in there. Um, it's just a worse system. It sucks a bag. And I hate it. But that's not really in the spirit of the podcast. The spirit of the podcast is we uh, see the doom and we go bip. We go doom, doom, bip. And we decide. So even though that's frustrating and angering, I've gotten that out. And now I will decide to be happy and uh, go make sure the little girl has not spilled that drink on the couch. Um, I think that's all I got this week. Uh, uh, this weekend I'm in Pittsburgh with Cable Guy. If if you guys are in the area, we're at like Rivers Casino or something like that. Make sure you get... Um, Anytime I announce dates, make sure if you're in that area or you know somebody in that area, try and get those tickets early because I've had a lot of clubs like move dates back a little bit on me because they're like, ah, we're, you know, we're not moving as many tickets as we had hoped. It's like, well, I know people are coming to that show. Just get these tickets early so, so that we don't even have to worry about that. And then, then I won't have to do that annoying reschedule thing that a lot of you gripe at me about. You know, some of you say, well, what the heck? I was, I had my tickets or I was, I, I was ready to come to that show. Well, if everybody gets their tickets in advance, they're not going to move that show. They're not going to, you know, they're not going to do that if we're all ready to go. So they, so do that. Do that. Encourage people to do that. Encourage people to like and share and continue to listen to this podcast, and we'll continue to roll forward. And if any of you have um, had suggestions or something to look for when you go to antique stores, you know, some of you say, hey, Comic books, always be on the lookout for Ninja Turtles because it doesn't matter what series it is, they're always valuable, something like that. Or something to look for on paintings that will indicate if it's not just some piece of trash, but it might be actually... Uh, you know, I, can't, I don't even know that I can tell the difference looking on the wall between a print and an actual painting. I mean, that's probably a lie. I probably can if I, if I really thought of it. But that's, that's just how out of touch I am. Uh, with figuring that stuff out. So if anybody has any suggestions or cool things to look for when you go into antique shops, I do that all the time on the road. So hit me up and let me know. In the meantime, don't forget to doom, doom, bip, and keep laughing, keep enjoying life. I will talk to you guys again next week. Later. Later.